Val, and thank you, children, for helping share this word today. You have an important job. Whether you realize it or not, God is using you to share the gospel, to share his word with everyone who's here. So we give thanks for you and that God works through us in this way. Now, I neglected to share one of the announcements that uh, I wanted to share with you at the beginning. I'm going to share it now, and it really is in the spirit of creation. And we've heard all about creation uh, from Genesis 1 today. And part of that creation, and we've seen the fruit of that here just in the last couple minutes, is marriage. And so I want to let you know that today's telecast on KSFY is sponsored by our Dean and Cindy Mulder in honor of their 54th wedding anniversary, which is June 15th. So we give thanks uh, really for uh, their marriage and for the fruit of that marriage. Uh, some of that would be uh, helping the word go out, not only in this building, but beyond on the telecast. So thanks for permitting me one more announcement for you. Now on to the sermon. Brothers and sisters in Christ here at First Lutheran Church, did you know that all power in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus Christ, who is the word? And now you have this word. You have this word brought to you by God, who is the Father, and through the Holy Spirit, who makes you perfect, taking away your sins by drowning the old you in the waters of baptism. And by raising you up to new life, God does not leave you drowned in the waters, but raises you up. Every day you hear this promise. This is all power in heaven and on earth being given for your sake. So I can say to you this morning, grace and peace from God our Father and through his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. May this be yours by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it is. Amen. I was reminded a few weeks ago of Luther's beautiful description of the Holy Trinity. And I want to share that with you on this Holy Trinity Sunday. It was stumped the pastor night at youth group. And one of our high school seniors asked how I, the pastor, would describe the Trinity. That was one of the many questions that I received uh, from our high schoolers. And that's the kind of question that could get a theologian in trouble and has. So I thought and I taught as I know how to teach the Trinity that God is revealed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Val has taught this already. Thank you, Val. You've taken up this uh, mantle as well. Three in one, one in three. We learned this in Sunday school, don't we? And that also where one is, where the Father is, there is the Son and the Spirit. And where another is, they're all together, never operating separately, always and eternally. And I thought this was a pretty good answer, doctrinal speaking. But it must have come up a little bit short for this high school senior who asked the question, because afterwards he said, well, not bad, pastor, but didn't Luther teach that the Holy Trinity is something not to be understood, but to be adored? And I was delighted in such a response. Yes, this is quite right. And what a joy to hear it from one of our high schoolers. The Holy Trinity is not for us to understand, but to adore, to hear, to find comfort in. So I say, well done, families and teachers and pastors of First Lutheran Church. Uh, you've taught well, and I'm learning as well. So on Holy Trinity Sunday, we hear these scripture readings not merely as an explanation of how God can be three in one at the same time, though we must teach this truth, by the way, even though we really can't fathom it mathematically. But even better, we hear God's word so that you can adore 
so that you can hear and receive how God now comes to you fully and completely all the way as Father, Creator, original speaker of the Word, but also as Son, who is the Word who goes to the cross for your sins and is raised from the dead, and as Holy Spirit, who brings this living Word right to you, not just as a mere idea or proposition, that's usually how we hear words in this world, but the Holy Spirit's bringing this Word to you now as God's promise, which creates faith and trust in you. So God has come to you fully and completely as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now you perhaps noted that our first reading was longer than usual. Uh, the whole first chapter of Genesis and then some. And it was a bit of a risk to include this long reading, though that is the prescribed reading for this day. But when you consider all that was accomplished in creation, it actually was a pretty short reading for the whole universe and earth to be created. And when else do you get to hear how this actually happened? Now, I'm not talking scientifically. That point is raised on occasion, especially in Bible studies, for science cannot contain God or even God's creation. And I don't want you to get me wrong here. I like science. I was trained in engineering originally. I've enjoyed science. It can be helpful. It actually uh, is helping us right now with air conditioning. So we give thanks uh, for the gifts that come through the scientific method. But it's not big enough to describe all the ways of God. And it excels in creating doubt, actually not faith. It is fueled by doubt, necessarily so. But Genesis is not so concerned about science. It is concerned, however, about how God created the world theologically. And that is by speaking the word. Genesis says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth at that time was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. Well, the Spirit of God swept over the face of the waters. You may have heard in our NRSV translation, the wind. But this wind is, is also translated as spirit. This is the Spirit of God hovering over the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. That's how creation begins in Genesis. That's how it happened, theologically speaking. Right from the beginning, eons ago, there was God the Father, who created by speaking the Word, and John tells us that the Word was God the Word incarnate was Jesus. So there also was Jesus from the very beginning and before. And in addition, there was the Holy Spirit hovering over the face of the waters. And the very first thing God creates by speaking the Word of Christ is light. So you can begin to imagine this in many ways, and I'll dive back into science just briefly. You can imagine this perhaps as Adam colliding with Adam or as a primordial ooze taking shape, or we could argue about whether the light was a, a wave or a particle. But Genesis wants you to hear that God created by speaking the word, and that what God creates is good, and that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were there from the very beginning. So when you get up in the morning, have your coffee, 
or when you go to bed at night or sit out and watch the sunset, you can give thanks to God for creating the light on that very first day as it appears and seems to disappear on the landscape in the ways that we enjoy it. We heard later in Genesis how more was created. It wasn't just light, that's good, because there was also sky and land, plants, sun, moon, stars, birds, creatures, even the great sea monsters, Genesis mentions. And then God said, be fruitful and multiply. So though God had spoken all these things into existence, he had a word for the creation. It was, be fruitful, multiply. And don't we still enjoy this process that God has designed the world by, the design of nature to bring forth new life? Isn't this why we love the green colors of spring and summer? We're enjoying them now. God's word is still working in this way. But God was not done yet. God made humankind, God says, in our image, that's in the image of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, he made you and me. And he created them male and female. And he blessed them. So you are created male and female, blessed. And so we see that creation is important. We see that the family is important. Children are important. And the care of all these things is important. We see all of this in Genesis chapter 1. This took six, six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. And we see that rest is also important. God is giving himself to you in creation in this way. But this is not everything, is it? Scripture doesn't end at Genesis 1. We know actually by the third chapter of Genesis, things change dramatically, but that's not our reading for today. We have creation still. We see God's word at work in creation, and we can love and admire it. We can also make an idol of it, and we do this too. This is one of our sins. If you've been camping very often, you know that while God's creation does bring joy and life, it can also bring, well, fear perhaps even death. This last weekend, the day after Memorial Day, I took a day off and I had uh, gone up to our family's cabin. I was enjoying the last couple of hours at the cabin on Tuesday. We had put, my brother and I uh, had put the docks in the water the day before and I was putting things away, uh, getting ready to go home. But it was a beautiful day. The sky was blue, the sun was filtering through the the maple tree leaves. The busy wind of the previous weekend, of course, when everyone goes home, had calmed down as well to a slight breeze over the water. And from my perch on the hammock, I could see fish swimming around in the lake. There were birds flying right over me, actually walking right under the hammock. They didn't even know I was there. It was almost magical. God's creation was a wonderful gift, and I was reminded as I read this psalm as we read together psalm 8 of this moment that the birds of the air the fish of the sea and whatever passes along the pass of the sea you have put all this under our feet O lord how majestic is your name and it was a beautiful moment i lived in that moment all the way back in my drive to moorhead where i had lunch with my mom and brother and his family and then all the way to back to sioux falls that evening and when I got here, I found something. I felt uh, something on my side, and I was startled to find a wood tick. 
trying to burrow its way into me. Now, wood ticks don't make me that nervous. I'm, I grew up with them. I don't see them that often. Uh, but this one was a little different. It was a deer tick, which I don't see very often. And deer ticks, of course, uh, you know, can carry Lyme disease, which is nothing to trifle with. So I plucked it out and hoped for the best, and so far, so good. But what a reminder that creation, with all of its gifts, which we love, is not our peace, nor will it give peace or salvation in any lasting, trustworthy way. So thank goodness that God comes to you, not just as Father and Creator, but also as Son and Holy Spirit. And we hear this today on Holy Trinity Sunday. In Matthew 28, we hear more. We skip over Genesis 3, but we hear, first of all, that it was only 11 disciples by the end of Matthew. We're reminded of the tragedy and sin of Christ's betrayal. It was still swirling in their conscience, I'm sure. Yet Jesus gathered them together, and they worshipped. However, there was still doubt. Now, that may very well describe how we gather together as well on Sundays and other days, our consciences still swirling in misplaced faith, in sin, in heartbreak, in doubt, yet worshiping all the same by the power of the Holy Spirit who gives faith. You may be in a similar place as those disciples, but on that day, Jesus said to them, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now think of that. Think of what that is. All power, not just on that mountain, not just the power of Jerusalem, not just political power or scientific power, but all power has been given to Jesus. And knowing that, and this is a bit of a dangerous question to ask, but I ask you, what, what would you do with all power in heaven and on earth? What would you try to accomplish with this? Maybe you'd try to make the tallest building in the world or the fastest airplane. Those are some of the things that come to mind for me. They've all been done, actually. Or maybe you'd accomplish world peace or food security for everyone. Those are worthy goals. Or maybe you'd finally allow those Minnesota Vikings to win the Super Bowl. That hasn't been accomplished yet. But Jesus says, here, all power has been given to him. And what does he say? What does he accomplish? He says, go, therefore, and make disciples by baptizing. And not just any baptism, but baptism in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So with all the power on heaven and on the earth, we have baptism. And that is why you are gathered here today, because of this power, because God has come and continues to come to you as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And what are such the benefits of such a baptism in water and the Word? Well, Luther reminds us that because of this, your sin is forgiven that you are redeemed from death and the lies of the devil, and that now you have eternal salvation. And then knowing that you, like the disciples, will likely forget this, Jesus says to them and to us now, remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Well, here is the Holy Trinity at work for you. You do not need to understand all of the intricacies of it, but God has given himself to you fully and completely so that you may adore him, trust him, have faith in him as your creator and savior. In your baptism, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit 
have come to you fully and completely to take away your sin, to dispel the lies of the devil who does not want you to trust this word, and to defeat death itself to give you eternal salvation. All of this is now yours. All of this is now yours. Because all power in heaven and on earth has been given to Christ to accomplish this for you. Go, therefore, in the peace of Christ. Happy Holy Trinity. Amen.